Papa, we just thank you for bringing us together to worship you and praise you. And there's such an expectancy here because you've already led us into that place of worship that glorifies you. And as your children, Lord, our inheritance is everything that you've promised. You are our firm foundation. And Lord, just lift up all of us and we thank you for giving us the word made flesh. Thank you that you poured out everything. If there was just one of us in here, you would still have died on the cross, Jesus. And I thank you for that. Thank you for giving us everything that we need. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you that you always point us to Jesus. And Jesus, thank you. You always point us to the Father. Everything we need is completed. And Lord, we just bless you. We have great anticipation and expectation because you're here with us. We just bless you, Lord. If there's... Anyone on the ministry team, would you please come up and line up for something to share? I feel like the Lord's saying um, that there's a release of expectation from the word that Teresa Farley prophesied over us and all the praise and worship. It's like stirring up an anticipation and almost a holy expectation. So Lord, we just release that. We, we make a commitment and we, we just say, come Lord Jesus, Help us to come higher to just know that there's nothing impossible with you. And you have what's best for us. No matter what it is, we just ask that you would fill in the gaps and the voids. Help us to believe, Lord. Just release so much faith and belief that we can just go a little bit farther every day. Starting today, Lord. Thank you. You know, it's a pretty powerful time of worship, and um, I have to tell you, when the song about the word came on, <clears throat> excuse me, my visual was just his word scripture just coming and pouring down, swirling around. In fact, as I was worshiping, it was like I was in the midst of it and trying to catch it, trying to pour it over me and pour it over everyone. And I have to tell you that there was very strong intercession going on here today. I saw people interceding for other people. And I heard the Lord say, it is done. So whatever it may be <clears throat> that's in your life right now, <clears throat> excuse me, that you may be struggling with, you may have doubts about. You may be holding on to something too tightly. I'm telling you, he has gifts that he, they're ready to be bestowed on you. All you need to do is surrender and open your hands to that. They're right there. That's the abundance. But he sings songs over you. People are speaking word, his word over you. He is in the word. He inhabits the word. He is the word. It's powerful and active. I was in an accident a couple weeks ago, and um, usually in those moments, trauma would take over and um, immediately as soon as I was in the ditch um, my spirit and the Holy Spirit just came upon me and just was declaring over me that I was safe I was protected I was covered and and then a song his goodness is running after me was just kept going in my head the whole time and I was just focusing on that and then um, and then as the days went by in healing and the whole week um, I would come straight home from work and I would worship and 
and I would, was filled with joy, cracking up, and I felt, um, every once in a while, like trauma was trying to come and paralyze me, and, and I would just worship, and it lifted, and I, I didn't experience it at all. I didn't experience it. Scott's over there trying to steal my fire, but good morning, kings and priests. I just want to say, it says in the word that the devil goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Well, there's a couple things about that. For one, if you've ever seen any stories on lions on how they operate, when the lion is hunting, looking for something to kill, he's not roaring. He's crouched down, he's low, he's quiet, and he's stealthy moving through the grass. When a lion roars, what that's for is to establish his territory for the animals all around. He is trying to say, this is my territory. So what the devil's saying to us is, he's trying to tell you that he has your territory. But I want to say that our Lord, our Savior, Jesus, is the Lion of Judah. Yes. He is a lion. When he roars, he means it. And what does he say about us? He says, we are his brothers and his sisters. So if you get a bad report about something or you're struggling with something, know that that territory is not the devil's. If you can't think of anything to say, just roar. Just roar. Because, again, our Lord is the Lion of Judah. He is not like a lion. So speak to your territory. Roar over your territory. Don't put up with that. What, exactly. Don't put up with what the devil has. Do not put up with it. Do not let him take your territory. So um, I guess what I feel like what the Lord is saying to me is that um, he's just like, keep your, keep your focus. Keep your eye on him. Um, there's a, a lot of distraction, uh, a lot of things that want to come in. You know, either we're concerned about our health, we're concerned about our, our, our world, our culture, just these things that would try to crouch in and uh, try to take the, that place of where we need to have our focus. So focus on the Lord, and as, you, as you're keeping your focus on Him, He's going to take care of these things that are trying to crouch into your territory. Yeah, I guess I would just agree. Yeah, roar over your territory. So, that's it. Is there anybody else? Okay, Marilyn. Just a couple of quick testimonies. You cracked me up when you said, uh, when you guys were talking about Roar. Um, I have a contract with a, a government in Tacoma just pretty recent, and I'm doing some life coaching on an executive who really needs to step it up. Um, and, and so I just kept talking to her about how to be more aggressive, if you will, in a healthy sort of way. And she said, well, I just don't have a vision. And I said, girl, you are a lioness. 
and the lionesses protect their teams. They protect their young ones, and when things go south, they know to roar. And she just looked at me, and she said, we did that once in a church. And I said, oh, you been to church? Not in a long time. I said, you're in one right now, girl. And it has opened the door for not only making her see, know, understand, believe, and act out. I have done nothing but get paid to declare over her. <laughs> do you hear me? So do not take two steps back. Walk right into the enemy's camp. My, another sweet, sweet, fun testimony. My husband went to bed the other night, and he had just taken all of his medications, serious heavy-duty morphine on-out medications, and he got the, the most wicked case of, and I do wicked, um, case of hiccups. I mean, just hurt from the gut up, from the gut up. And for him, it was very frightening, because if, if he did vomit all of that, there's not, there's not a, a resupply you know, with the opiate thing going on. So anyway, he's laying there in bed, and I just said, Lord, you know what? This is not of you. I just quietly, this, come here for a minute, Connie. I just quietly turn, turn your back to them. I just, with a very, very light touch, not an in Jesus' name touch, just a very, very light touch, just started to declare the truth. He just thought I was softly rubbing his back. No, I was bringing heaven on earth into this dominion and next thing I know the boy's snoozing the hiccups are gone thanks sweetie the hiccups are gone and he's just snoozing and starting to purr and get into a full-scale snore and I said Lord you know what I thank you for the faith to do that and I want you to take that and multiply it that one day somebody's laying on the ground from a car accident and with that same little bit of faith I just had you're going to multiply it and that person's going to raise up going to raise up why because that's how I fight my battles that's how you fight your battles and if there's any doubt about Holy Spirit moving you got to quit looking up front and look at the little ones back here just enjoying his presence. This sweet little one, your sweet little one, just, I mean, that, that little one back there just stole my heart this morning. If that isn't Jesus, I, I, I just quit church then. Do you know what I'm saying? Just so, so good. So I just want to rejoice and thank him. It reminded me that we're all his children, but don't suffer, like, don't keep the little kids away from me. That was such an example of pure praise. Amy, got a word? Yeah, just um, make it short and sweet, I promise. That really was watching Aiden worship and learning to flag and follow the examples and just looking so hungry. And anyway, it was just precious. Like, that was why when Miss Marilyn was like, don't stop it, because it was so sweet. It was like, you're, there's no, there's no fear. You know, they're just, there's boldness. I just want to do this and I'm going to walk up front. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of what I'm doing. I'm just learning. But I was like, well, that's a teachable moment right there. <laughs> so everybody was totally blessed by that. But just also on what you guys were saying too, I, um, I love it when you come up here and say, good morning, kings and priests. And, um, but I'm going to shift over here, and you guys know I'm burning for you guys right now. So, yeah, you too. Awesome. Yes.
So anyway, I just wanted to challenge you guys and even sweet Aiden. How old is Aiden? Two. Yeah, he's just almost, almost two. And he's hungry just to participate in worship, whether or not he understands that the Holy Spirit doesn't care. The Holy Spirit takes that sweet spirit and it's going to grow and expand and that hunger is going to grow and that knowledge is going to grow in that young man. But I wanted to share with you guys, like when he says, good morning, kings and priests, he's talking to all of us. But then I thought, you young kings and priests and priestesses over here, I wanted to challenge you in the Old Testament, King Josiah, Google Josiah. That boy became king at eight years old. How old are you, Oscar? Are you eight, seven, seven, almost? Okay. So anyway, just as a challenge, can you imagine becoming king right now, Oscar? Like right now. He's like, I'm not talking to you. You're weird. <laughs> Challenging is King Josiah comes in. They find the book of the law. It's red. He has all of the false idols ripped down, decimated, just completely destroyed into dust. And he says, you know, our kingdom, our people will worship the one true God. So that guy comes in at eight years old. He's not 30, 40, 50 on up. He didn't wait for his time, whatever he felt like he was comfortable in. So I just want to encourage you guys and challenge you guys. When he says kings and priests, he is aiming it just as much at you guys as the adults. Like you guys are the kings and priests that are going to lead this next generation. And you will lead our generation. Like 1 Timothy 4.12, don't, don't let anybody look down on you because you're young. You guys can lead people younger than you and people older than you. And King Josiah was the, such a great example of that. That is such a kick-butt story. Like, go read it, Google it. If you don't, I'll read it to you. We can have little bedtime stories with Amy. And I will challenge you and stir you up because I know there's stuff in there that is waiting to come out. Back row. <clears throat> Good stuff in you. <laughs> He's like, quit looking at me. Good stuff. I just challenge you guys. Do not let anybody look down on you because of your age. That was in Jeremiah chapter 1, I believe, as well. That God has put a fire in you. God has put wisdom in you. There's different viewpoints. You can hear him differently than we can. And what you've got, we need. We need it desperately. So just that new perspective, that fresh perspective, the young perspective, the fire perspective. You guys got it. So kings and priests, right here. All of us do not, do not belittle what God has put in you guys, okay? I love you guys so much. I love all you over here too. I love you guys. Good, strong folks. God bless. But you guys, I'm like going to get a lighter and pour some gasoline on you. It's good stuff. There's so, in the spirit. Tammy's balancing me out up here. I get a little wound up. I love you guys. I want all that God has for you. As I've said to each and every one of you by now, I'm jealous over what God has for you. We as this church are jealous over what God has in each and every one of you because we need it. We're desperate for it to come to fruition. Don't be afraid. Don't be too cool. Jesus is right here and he's worthy.
have anything else? There's just this expectancy, and so could we just like lift our hands up here that um, Scott and Tammy, we just thank you for being so true to the word. We just ask that you would really impart, Lord, just everything that you have, would you anoint our ears and anoint Scott as you always do, and may we just glorify you, Lord. Thank you for releasing your word to us. Amen. You can turn me down for now. So check, don't check. <clears throat> I almost forgot to have a toy in my pocket there to speak into. <laughs> or it's right here, actually. Whew. You guys just, you guys rock the house. All of you. Yeah, you, you youngsters. There is no junior Holy Spirit. It's not just a fun little saying that Bethel came up with. It's truth. The same Holy Spirit that your moms and dads have, you guys have. In Austin, I just feel like just now, when Amy was speaking over you guys, I felt like God was highlighting you, and I was just seeing over you in, the, in your future, I feel like God is going to expand like huge territory. I was seeing Texas, probably because your name is Austin, and I just feel like God is going to, he is going to raise you up to be a man who walks in big territory. He has big things for you. He has just like in, I've never lived in Texas. You guys could vouch for this. I think they feast a lot there. Do they feast? Do they like to picnic and barbecue? Barbecue? Yeah, there's barbecue everywhere in Texas. I just feel like God has a feast for you in the days ahead. He's going to show you things, and he's going to put things before you, and he's going to say, Austin, I love you. You're my, you're my son, but I want to give you this, and it's your choice if you want to feast on it. And as you begin to taste and see just how good the things of God are, he's going to keep putting more and more and more in front of you. And he's going to put this banquet table in front of you. Hey, boys, please. He's going to put this banquet table in front of you, and he's going to invite you to come and feast at his table. And he has massive territory for you to to walk in and take ownership over. So I just, I felt that was for you strongly. So bless you with that. My friend, my friend, I have had a cowboy hat. Put it on you. Yeah. And uh, so Julia, I just, in worship, I wasn't looking around at everyone, but I, God showed me your face. And Marilyn, if you wouldn't mind, would you just, Stand behind her and put your hands on her. I, I kind of like how John Carney last week was like, you know, grab my wife's hand there, you know, Sarah. And, and yeah, I just feel like what I saw, I saw your eyes huge. And it was like clouds all around you. And I felt like I asked God, so what is that? Is it like the glory of his presence? And I felt like he said, no, that, that cloud, that cloudiness that is... Don't cry because I'm going to cry too. That cloudiness around you has been the confusion of where he's at. I'm going to get messed up. Let me gather myself. And your eyes were huge because he was beginning to press his face through and showing you. He's (laughs) 
He's been there all this time. So we just bless you today. God, we just say, pour your grace. Pour your grace over Julia. Let her know the warmth of your face, the nearness of your face. Be her strength and her song, her shield and her rock. And as those clouds begin to part and she sees your face and is caught in awe and wonder of who you are and the majesty of her king of glory who is on her side, who is fighting her battles, I see the rock of Jesus rising up under your feet and you're standing firmly on him. He is your everything. He is your strength. He is your song. And he's going to rekindle that song in your heart. And you're going to sing words of praise, words of of high joy and praise because of the victory that he's going to walk you through. So we just release that over you. All right. You You can let her go anytime, Marilyn. Or you can just stay there. That's okay. Okay. So, Grace, as Scott was giving your brother a word, I just had something for you. I really feel like um, you have a boldness about you that our Heavenly Father loves. And he's going to use that. And I keep hearing, like, people that um, maybe are coming out of really hard situations that you can stand firm with them and for them and guide them in a gentle but yet a strong way, like, kind of like a lioness. Like, I'm here, I'm going to protect you, I'm going to help you. So we just bless you with that in Jesus' name. Yeah. Yeah, I, I felt like uh, because it's, today is going to be this little birthday party for a couple of the girls, and <clears throat> I'm going to save it. I want to really pray and just and hear what God has on his heart for, for you, uh, Nora, and you, Grace, since you're going to share a birthday party. Just, you know, no matter who you are in this room, just as we sang, I know your plans. Is it your, I know your plans. I know your thoughts. Your plans for me are good. His thoughts for you outnumber the sands of the seashore. He created the universe and everything in it. And he put us, I mean, we don't know if there's other planets with humans on it. You know, he'll show us that that's true. Now, that's really not important. What's important is we know that we are here on this tiny little speck of dirt in this vast universe, and his focus is on his creation. Enough to where Jesus would be sent to come and rescue us by going to the cross. That's amazing. The eyes of the Lord roam back and forth, to and fro throughout the earth, looking for those whose hearts are his. He's on your side. He's on your side. He's fighting your battles. So, <clears throat> something really short and simple here. Um, well, maybe it won't end up that way. Um, Julian and Emma, you know, we welcome you to the family room called Legacy City Church. And 
we don't know if you guys will wander back in or not. Maybe we scared you today. Maybe we didn't, you know, but I thought, well, if they don't come back, they're going to get a prophetic word before they leave. So <laughs> we call this a prophetic word, and it, that doesn't mean we're prophesying your future. Rather, we, we listen for what God is saying over you regarding his promises, the things that we can find in his word, the things we know line up with his truth for believers. Sometimes it can even get expanded into risky territory. When we give a scripture, we don't really understand what it means, but, but the person who gets it understands. So I was just in worship. I was just kind of uh, getting lost in the presence of God. And, and I thought, well, I want to look up Julian's name. <clears throat> and you probably know your name meaning? No? Well, your name means youth, like youthful. And it means downy like a beard, kind of nice and squishy. And, and, you know, so I was like, okay, uh, Holy Spirit, what, what is on his name? Like, it's not an accident that your parents named you when they chose that name. Maybe they didn't even think, maybe they randomly picked a name, but God is not, like, outside of people's randomness. Every created human being has a unique fingerprint and a unique dream of God that he wants to see released over their lives. That's why it breaks God's heart when the prodigals don't want to come home to him because he is so good. He is that good father wanting his sons and daughters to come home. But your name and every person's name is unique and has meaning. Even if it can be a, a negative meaning, there's something that God has regarding that too. But your name, I felt like God was highlighting to me a couple scriptures I thought, well, I can't go wrong with the Bible, so I'm going to give you a couple scriptures. I just, I just, I heard Isaiah 40, 31, so I'll read that really quick. Isaiah 40, 31, what's your favorite translation? You like the ESV? Sure, okay. I've got the New Living, the Berean Study Bible, or the ESV, or the uh, NIV, I think. But the ESV says, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And I just felt like God was highlighting that part of who he created you to be, that you are young still now, but there's a youthful vigor that he is gracing your life with. The grace that's, that's like an eagle, like, like the youthfulness of an eagle when it first begins to fly. And I just saw this verse for you as God was reminding me of how we renew our strength like the eagles. You know, it says in Psalm 103, that was the other scripture, um, you know, bless the Lord, O my soul, bless his holy name, who satisfies you with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And I just feel like he's, he's pleased with your life. He's blessed you with a beautiful family, and he's, he's graced you and given you the ability to provide and create this cozy nest for your little eaglet family. And I just felt like he, you need to know today, when you leave this place, that you are on his heart and he's pleased and he's watching over you as you learn how to father and as you learn how to husband. He's with you. And he's showing you and he's giving you wisdom and he's giving you everything you need through all of his promises. So I just bless you with that. 
And Emma, what do we have for you here? Your name means whole, like made whole, and universal. And someone up here said it, he would cross the whole universe to rescue just the one. And I felt like as I looked up your name, I typed this down. I said, he would cross the universe just for you. That's how precious you are to him. If it would have been just you, he would have crossed the whole universe just to rescue you because you're a precious daughter of his. And then I felt like there's something about the wholeness. Like he has made you whole. Jesus in your life is bringing wholeness into the areas where there might have been some brokenness, but he also wants to use you to bring that wholeness that you've experienced to bring it into the brokenhearted of the brokenheartedness of others. I believe that there's going to be young women, young mothers of little children that you're going to come in contact with, and they're going to be broken. They're going to share. They're going to open up with you, and they're going to share the deep struggles. Maybe it's in their marriages. Maybe it's with their disciplining and training their children. And you're going to have a word of encouragement for them. So I bless you with that. Yeah. You guys good with that? Is that okay? It's pretty safe. I hear the Lord say Japan. Is that? No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. No. Now see, if I started seeing sushi and Hakata and I saw the map and then it was like right over your heads, I'd be like, I'm seeing this, but you can do what you want with it. But no, God's not doing that right now. So Thank God, right? <laughs> you guys doing okay? Everybody okay? You all right? Okay. Do you have anything to just... I don't yet. Do you need to pop the quiff? <laughs> no, I'm good right now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll look that up again because I kind of forget what it means, but it is something to do with the shifting of the quantum... Anyway, yeah, I won't even try to go there. Hmm? No. So, Isabel, go ahead and put up slide number four. Last week, we had a surprise visitor. We had a wonderful couple, John and Karen Carney. And John Carney, uh, we heard him preach two years in a row at a conference down in McMinnville. It's the Global Legacy Conference that some, most of you in this room actually went to a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago now. And uh, John is a, is a, a leader and a pastor and a, like a missionary. He goes to China a lot. And he had just come back from Mexico and he surprised us with a surprise visit. And he, Sarah's not here today, but he had a word for Sarah. And God bless that, that woman. She is being so highlighted to visitors. It's one thing if you get a word of encouragement from people that know you well, because we know you. So it's easy to just, you know, compliment the good things that we see. You know, but, but it's also important for us to see the things that God is like leading all of you into. What he's, what he's got before you, the things that are your breakthroughs, the things that, that he's pulling you into that will pull you out of something else. I love Graham Cook. He always says, for every negative that you are experiencing, God has a positive. Because you are in Christ, you are wrapped up in him, you have favor all over you. The Father loves the Son so much, and the favor of God is over Jesus. We all know that. And if you are wrapped up in Christ and Jesus is actually living inside of you, 
then you've got the favor of God aimed at your life. And every negative thing, every battle that comes your way, God has a breakthrough, he has a promise, he has a victory for you. He has an upgrade. Let's do it. Say upgrade. 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 I'm ready for an upgrade. I, as a mailman who gets weary walking the streets of Bremerton, I make it sound really intense, walking the streets of East East Bremerton up here, um, I get weary. I come home, and I'm tired sometimes. I, I have bad days. I cuss in the postal vehicle. Where no one else can hear me, just me and Jesus. And he's like, do you feel better now? That's kind of what he usually says. Do you feel better? <clears throat> Nothing offends him. He's just unoffended. I think uh, that's a, a gift that he wants to release over all of us today. The gift of unoffendedness. He wants to help us to learn how to not be offended. And you know, most of the offense that we all experience, we create the offense through circumstances in our imaginations often. (laughs) Oftentimes we start allowing our imagination to run wild and we create these scenarios. It's just worry, anxiety, fear, it's all a waste of your use of your imagination. It's a complete waste. So back to John Carney. John Carney came. He had a word for Sarah. It was so awesome. And, you know, his wife grabbed her hand. And, and you know, I felt like that word for her was for all of us. And I just want to say this now. Every prophetic word that is released in this building, if you were like, I wish that was for me, take it. Take it for yourself. If it, you know, God... It's just how we have to work. We have to single out one person at a time. We could do a blanket covering, but sometimes God is like, no, I want that specific person right now to hear my heart for them. But his heart is for all of you, all y'all. His heart is for you, and he wants to bless you. He wants to build you up. You're his sons and daughters. He wants to strengthen you, and he wants you to know his goodness, and he wants to draw you closer to him. He wants you to hear his voice for yourself. So this is basically the word that he gave to Sarah, cut short and made for us. The Lord has made you and I to fly. The whole thing with the eagles, I don't know why that came in for you, Julian, but just that that picture, that scripture of mounting up on wings like eagles and our strength being renewed, our youth being renewed. God wants to keep us renewed with new life. He wants to surge each one of us with the newness of life. That is who he is. He has made you to fly. Eagles, I have heard, fly above the storm. They get above the turbulence and then they soar above it. God wants to bring you up above your storm so you can see things from his perspective. So you can see where where he's waiting at the other end. So you don't get grounded and caught up in in the turbulence and struck down to the ground and stuck in the middle of the storm feeling like you're just abandoned by him. He wants to lift you up. Now, the lifting up and getting caught up into that heavenly perspective, it is between our ears. It's between our ears. We have to learn to continuously be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We have to take all of God's promises. We have to speak them out. We have to read it. We've got to get it 
we have to get the word of God in us. The psalmist said, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. If you're struggling with sin, if you're struggling with an issue, hide his word in your heart. Feast on his truth. Listen to him. Talk to him. Read the word. Read the written word, of course. And also have an intimate relationship with him where you come, come to him in prayer. Come to him and say, Holy Spirit, say Jesus, say Father. You can come to any one of the, the members of the Trinity. Okay? Jesus has made it possible for you to come directly to the Father. So if you want to come to Daddy and say, Papa God, what do you think of me? What do you have to say about me? What do you have to say about my future? Holy Spirit, are you really with me? Your word says you'll never leave me or forsake me. You are my teacher, my comforter. Are you still with me? Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep know my voice. They will never follow a stranger. He wants to lead you. He wants to lead you into all truth. And the truth will set us free. The truth will keep us free. As we press in to his promises, we press into his truth, we will, we will begin to step by step walk in freedom. He has freedom over us, over you guys, over you, over you, everyone in this room. If I had 40, 30 fingers, I'd point them all at the same time. He has freedom for all of you. And Isabel off to the side. Can't forget about you. She's not sitting on the sidelines. She's right at the front of the battle. <clears throat> so this word, the Lord has made you to fly. He won't stop you from flying, even when it's painful, because that would prevent you from being who he made you to be. So the word for Sarah was, you've gone through some rough places of turbulence as you're flying. It used to fly and soar, and then you got caught in this downdraft and maybe you've scraped on the ground a little bit. And he, he could pick you up. He could pick her up and just hold her. But what he was showing John was that's not what he wanted for her. Because if he did that, then she wouldn't be doing what he created her to do. He created her to fly. There are those times where we need to be snuggled into the presence of God. We just need to soak in his presence. But that doesn't change the fact that you and I were called to fly, that we were called to soar on wings like eagles. Jesus didn't die just to get you to heaven. He didn't give you the Holy Spirit just to make sure you had the seal. That's part of it. You were sealed. Ephesians chapter 1 tells us, having believed, you were sealed with the promise, the Holy Spirit, who is a guarantee of your inheritance. That's important. But it wasn't just to get you to heaven. He gave you the Holy Spirit so that you could live a life that is reigning and ruling through Jesus. Reigning and ruling in life. You're the head, not the tail. You're a victor, not a victim. You're free, no longer a slave. For who the sun sets free is free indeed. Right, Marilyn? And indeed, it is in a deed, it is in a promise, it is written, it is in the will. Your freedom is there. He purchased your freedom, he purchased an inheritance. I like to remind us, that's why we call this Legacy City Church, because Jesus has cracked open for us an inheritance, a legacy 
that we are enjoying, exploring, that sounded funny, exploring, exploring. I don't know what language I pick up sometimes, but it sounds like something from another country. Some, he wants us to, to feel free to explore our inheritance. He has an answer for everything we need. Jesus is the answer. Every situation that seems impossible, he's the brilliant one. Holy Spirit has the wisdom to figure it out. And you have the Holy Spirit, which means you have the mind of Christ in you, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I think. could be wrong, but it's in there somewhere. You have the mind of Christ. We've all heard it before. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Who could be his counselor? But and then it goes on, Paul said, but you have the mind of Christ. The Spirit of God, no one knows the thoughts of a person except for the spirit of the person. I can't read Emily's mind right now, but she can read her own mind because she's the spirit of life that isn't her. The spirit who she is inside of that flesh and bone body knows her thoughts. Her spirit searches her thoughts. She, she has access to her thoughts, nobody else but her and God. It's the same with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit searches the deep things of God and he reveals stuff to us. That is awesome. If you young people begin to just explore and walk with Jesus in a way where you, you press in to know what his thoughts are, people who've, who've been given ideas for inventions oftentimes have gotten that revelation of, of that from God. That what's the guy's uh, Washington Carver? Is that his name? George Washington Carver. Yeah, he just he wanted to know the secrets of the universe or something like that. And God is like, your brain's too small for that. Your 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 peanut brain is too small to really comprehend it. And he's like, well then, then unwrap for me the mysteries of the peanut. And I don't know how many things that God showed him that can be done with a peanut. But that is God. He's not trapped in just what we read in the Bible. Okay, The Bible is important because the Bible is our plumb line for truth. We wouldn't know who the God is that we worship without the word of God. But he wants to engage with you in an intimate relationship. And he wants to reveal his heart to you. He wants to show you things. Some of you in this room, you, you youngsters, you might be the next doctor or scientist that comes up with a cure for cancer. Or something that will break off depression and it will never come back to a person. God has the wisdom and the invention and the idea for all of those things. And he, I, I believe he's just waiting to release it to people that will really press in and go after it. So, boy, I can see how this meeting's going. I'm going to read just some things under this slide. She can just, you can just leave that up there, Isabel. So life in the Spirit is about who we are becoming in Jesus. These are just some thoughts that I had this week as I was delivering mail, sampling some different things. I was feeding, feasting on some different podcasts, some different things God just really like slapped me in the head with. I was like, it's kind of like when the branches whack me in the head when I'm looking down, looking at the mail, and I, bam, right in the face. Well, Holy Spirit sometimes just slaps me with something I'm listening to, and he's like, pay attention, son. There's something on that. Life in the Spirit, this Christian life, is about who you're becoming in Jesus. 
Who am I becoming as I work out my salvation? I'm not saying you work for your salvation. I'm saying you work out your salvation. You receive your salvation and you got to work it out. You got to walk it out. You have to work, work with God. You have to explore with him and walk with him and run with him and listen. So who I am becoming as I work out my salvation in the here and now is important. Numbers chapter 14, verse 24, I don't have a slide for it, <clears throat> says, because, but because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. I'm going to read that again. I wish I had it on the slide now. This is God speaking over Caleb. You guys probably, most of you know the story, but if you kids don't, I'm just going to try to put it in a capsule. Caleb and the spies went into the promised land before Israel went in and invaded. And what was the report that they came back with? What's, what's roaming about in the land? Giants in the land. So there was the negative report of, we are like grasshoppers. They are like giants. And they were fearful. Their perspective wasn't the, the perspective. It wasn't the spirit that God was pleased with. Go back and read Numbers 11, 12, 13, up through 14, up to, up to this passage. God was ticked. I almost said pissed. God was ticked off with Israel because they constantly complained. They were so ungrateful. It's like, you want meat? I'll give you meat until it's coming out your nostrils. <laughs> like, wow, thank you, Jesus, for coming and ushering in the new covenant with God the Father, the covenant written in your blood, so that we are no longer under the wrath of God, but we are under his pleasure because we are in Christ and Jesus is in us. So good. So good. <laughs> so read it for yourself. Go back. See how God responded to their whining, their griping and complaining. <clears throat> trying to clean up my language here. I'm not on the route. <laughs> Don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> not you. You're unoffendable. <laughs> Who am I becoming? My servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly. God wants us to follow him wholeheartedly. Just like these parents are watching that little guy wholeheartedly, they are watching over him. God wants you to know that he is wholeheartedly watching you, and he wants you to lock into his focus and be wholeheartedly after him. He wants it all. He's jealous. That's one of the names of the, in the Bible for God, Kwana, which means jealous. It's the only place in the Bible I think that jealousy is acceptable. Because that's one of his names, so it has to be. He's jealous. I love that old song. He is jealous for me. Roars like a hurricane. I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy. Yeah, he is jealous for you. That is Bible. Caleb had the spirit of an overcomer. He knew he was royalty. He knew that he was called by God, that God was on his side and the nation of Israel's side, and he trusted God to win the battle. 
He's like, we can take it. We can take the land. He's just a man like the others, but he had a different spirit. He had a majesty mindset. I'm going to say this loud and clear. I won't shout it. But I want you all to catch this. And it's okay that you guys are, he's cute right now, but I, I want you kids to look up at me. This is so important, all of you. And don't worry, he's okay. I just want their eyes. We and you do not create our identity out of our failures. I don't give a dang how many times you screw up. Your worst day is not your identity. That is not who Jesus says you are. He died for you so that you could have a new identity. You are a new creation. Behold, all things are gone. The new has come. You may not be in a new creation experience right now, but that doesn't matter because who you are is what's important. Who he says you are is what is important. You may be having a day like I've had where you've cussed over and over and over, and you're like, man, am I even saved? Salt water and fresh water coming out of the same well. Thorns and thistles and fruit. And not, you know, I just have to stop and be like, God, okay, I'm sorry. I'm walking out of habit, the habit of the old man, the dead man. I'm imitating the things that's been crucified, dead, and buried with you on the cross. Let me trade you that for something better. And he is always ready to upgrade Anytime you are walking according to the flesh, he's right there giving you the things of the Spirit to trade. Your worst day, your biggest failure is not what identifies you. It is not your identity. Adam in the garden, after he ate the fruit, he was ashamed. What did he do? He went and hid. And what did God say? Where are you, Adam? Where are you? I'm right here, God. Well, why are you hiding? Because I'm naked. Who told you that? Who told you that? Who points out your nakedness and your shame? (laughs) Sorry, had to give you a visual. I forget I'm up here and you're... They're doing it over here too, so... That was you, actually. (laughs) Who told you that? When Steve Backlund was here, he used that phrase a few times and, and mentioned this. When the accuser of the brethren comes to you and says, you're just a sinner, saved just barely, barely by the grace of God, but pretty much you're a worm. He just tolerates you. You're just tolerated. I love how Danny Silk preached one time. He said, some people see their salvation like there's this cut-out wooden Jesus, and you better get behind it perfectly because God the Father's looking. I see something sticking out there. There are high knees sticking out. He's just tolerating. You better make sure you're completely... Is that how God the Father is? We have abundant provision of grace. Even when sin abounds, the Bible tells us grace abounds all the more. 
Now, you can take that teaching and go way off the tracks and crash the train into the valley. (laughs) We don't want to do that. But the reality is where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. Wherever someone in your life has sinned against you, grace is there for you to give to them. Doesn't mean that you are to continuously put yourself in harm's way. But God has given you grace. I'm so thankful for our our inner healing sozo training that we're doing at our house on Fridays. And we're we're learning together to walk in forgiveness. That's the, the whole key of inner healing is to take what Jesus did on the cross and apply it in your own life. The same forgiveness he's given you and me, he wants us to give to others. Put up, we're going to close with this. Why don't you guys stand up? That always helps me if you stand up. Otherwise, I'll go for another half hour probably. Um, Slide, we're going to go to the very end. We'll just pass up six different slides. Slide number nine. Therefore, as God's chosen people, just say to yourself, thank you, or not say to yourself, I was going to say, say to yourself, I'm chosen. Just say to God right now, thank you that I am chosen. Thank you, Father, that I am chosen. Thank you that I am holy and dearly loved. That is who you say I am. That's who you say I am. Yeah, we know Paul said, you know, I'm the worst of sinners. I'm the chief of sinners. But that is not a theology he was establishing for all of us to walk in. There's a lot more scripture that talks about what God says you are. God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves. Put on the clothing. He's purchased these clothing items for you and me to put on. Clothe yourselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness and patience. I'm going to repeat those two. I need that in my life. Father, I receive it now. I put on gentleness and I put on patience. Bear with each other. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. That is what preserves our unity as a church. Teresa spoke it over us. She saw that over us. And I see, I'm so happy that our church is what it is. I don't care if we're a small church. I love what God is doing. I love what I hear him pulling out of the different voices. I love how we stand with each other. We stand with each other. We go after the victory that Jesus paid for, for each other. When one of us is down, we'll lift the other up. We rejoice with those who rejoice. We weep with those who weep. We are learning to carry one another's burdens, as the Smith so graciously did last Sunday. (laughs) Does your back hurt? Just for the record, you guys, well, no, I won't tell you. Our guest visitor, I'll tell you. Our guest visitor had them, uh, had Tammy and I sit in the chairs. He had them lay on the floor in front of us, head to head, and he had us put our feet on their backs. I was like, okay, I trust you. 
almost. <laughs> and then he had Lancer and Julia come up behind us and release blessing. And what he was doing was he was describing a picture of us releasing our burdens. They were carrying, they were graciously carrying, receiving our burdens, and they themselves were putting it at the foot of the cross. And that is how God has des designed us as a family of believers, as brothers and sisters in Christ, as moms and dads in the kingdom, as sons and daughters in the kingdom. God has intended for us to walk with each other, that each part would learn how to become a strength and a life source to one another. It's a body. We're all held together and supported by the joints and the ligaments and the sinews. We are a body, and we give life to each other. That's his plan. Isolation is a bad plan. It is a bad idea. When you cut the finger off the body and you stick it in a shoebox, why a shoebox? I don't know. Why would you do that? To bury it. Okay, there we go. Well, if you cut a finger off and you stick it in a box, what's going to happen? Is it going to keep twitching? Not for very long. I've never done it, so I don't know, but they're all, they're all here. Sorry for the guy. No, I'm just I'm teasing. <clears throat> the person that touched my daughter. <laughs> I'm teasing. You should be laughing in the back corner over there. If you take a part of the body and you cut it off, it's going to die. If you separate and isolate, you're going to not receive the life that God has for you. That's why we value our coming together as, as the body of believers. That's why we value Sunday is just one day, but it's, a, it's an important day because all around the world, everyone knows that's the day to definitely try to spend with my church family. And then it goes beyond that. We were meant for community. We were meant for relationship. Isolation is not what we were designed for. And God wants to clothe us with all of those wonderful things of the Spirit that we could release those things towards one another. He doesn't want you just to have compassion so you can have compassion for yourself. You pretty much probably give yourself a lot of compassion and grace. You probably don't give as much to people that need it around you. That's the trick. When love binds all of those virtues together, when love is the, the battery that we connect ourselves to, that power of love flowing through all of the, the virtues, when love is the motivation, then it's easier to love people and to show compassion because it's, it's not about me. It's about what they need at that moment. Let's pray. I'm rambling. Tammy's like, are you done yet? No, it was good. Okay. You guys okay? You all right? Let's pray. Why don't you guys do, do me a favor? Kids, I know you're going to be like, ah, oh, I hate this kind of stuff. Just put your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you. Let's just bridge. You guys can bridge across the aisles if you want. Um, maybe, Marilyn, you could come over by uh, my brother. Oh, never mind. He's, he's going that way. There you go. You guys can, if you can't, you know, sorry, Isabel. If you want to come over here, you can. You can come up here with us. Come up here, baby girl. I, so let me tell you guys real quick as you're holding arms there. I have a coworker who's going to have a little girl. I'm speaking prophetically. We don't, they'll determine the sex uh, in a week or two. And uh, him and his wife both work there. I was like, I feel like it's going to be a girl. I just had this strong sense. And I told him, I'm going to try not to cry, and I won't make you cry. I told him that I spoke to Isabel when she was inside of her mama. I used a microphone because we were in youth ministry, and I was always like, hi, Isabel. And she would either chill out, she'd calm down, or she'd get active. She'd get really active when she heard me speaking. 
She, she heard my voice through the, through the flesh. Just like you're learning to hear God's voice through that barrier. And when she was born and I was pushing her in that car, and I, <laughs> and I said, hi, Isabel. And her eyes looked at me like, you're the one. You're the one. And that is how, and I told my coworker that, and he got kind of, he's like, I'm getting all goosebumpy right now. I didn't say that's the Holy Spirit, but I, I knew that's what it was because I was feeling it too. That is how God is with us. There's going to come a day where the veil is torn and you're going to see him face to face. So Father, today, we just press into your face. We press into you. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you, Father God, that you love your sons and your daughters, that you have good gifts for us. And Father, your word says, freely you've received, so freely give. So right now, Father, we just release your grace and your kindness and your goodness onto the person on our left and our right. We just say, Holy Spirit, come and fill and flood the person on my left and my right, my brother and my sister, come and, and meet their need. Come and release strength, impart wisdom. Lord, we just say let hope, let hope be released this morning. Let hope arise. Enough hope for another day. Enough strength to make it through this week. We just release your goodness, Lord. We release what we've received. God, I just release the peace of heaven right now. He who sows in peace, peacemakers who sow in peace will reap a harvest of righteousness. So we just sow in peace right now. We say, Father, let the peace of Jesus, let the peace of the King of heaven, the King of shalom, the King of peace, come and flood this room right now. Let your kingdom come and your will be done. Let there be righteousness, peace, and joy in your spirit today. We love you, Lord. We love you, God. We thank you for this opportunity to be together and to worship you. In Jesus' name. All right, amen.